0: Welcome back to another episode of Girls Down under Podcast with your host Cass, and I'm here for another great chin wag to talk to you today about um, my experience with psychedelics um, and anxiety and depression. So I'm gonna bring some people with a lot more experience on about this topic later, but I first want to share my own individual experiences and why I think they are such useful tools um and also why i think they can be used in symbiosis with um medical treatment um and science-based tools i this is in no way an endorsement to like completely get you off any medication that is stabilizing your mood and mental state Um, i definitely think there is a time and a place For being um, medicated through um, psychiatry and psychol, um, you know, by by your psychologist or psychiatrist, or even your GP. So please contact your GP um, for any um, questions relating to whether it's weaning yourself off or coming off completely off any medications. So I want to talk a little bit first about how when I first. experienced anxiety and depression i think my first experience was with depression when i was 17 years old so i was at university i was staying at a dorm um shout out erica underwood (laughs) uh just outside college at Curtin university i was 17 so i couldn't go out and drink with all my friends and go to clubs and do all that stuff like even like tavern events with the guild like on campus um you couldn't get into the tavern unless you were obviously 18 or over so i had a fake id for a while which i kind of got away with doing some things but um for the most part i was just this 17 year old that kind of like was doing a comp- well first a commerce degree and then english lit um and not really knowing what what i want to do with my life i did commerce because my grandfather kind of Pushed me into it, I guess. I love him. Like, no shade on him. He just kind of thought it was a good option for me. I was really passionate about food and cooking. So, like, I thought maybe commerce would be a great way to maybe one day open up my own restaurant. You know? Um, well Dream big. Stupid idea. There's no money in food. It's all the alcohol. Um, but, yeah, I, I was 17. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go out. And I was in my dorm room a lot. And I just broke it up with my boyfriend of like two two years two or three years in high school who i was actually like living with in the last year of high school um and i think i just been so i was just a bit lost like i was used to having him in my life his family as well i was kind of like um what's the word at an impasse with my mom um we weren't really getting on at that time because she had some things that I really questioned and like, was not was not um, happy about when it came to my stepfather, who she's now left, my ex-stepfather. And I think I was had angst and anger towards her. And the only person I was really close to at that time was my grandfather, who I lived with in some of my later teen years. Um, so I talked to him a lot on the phone. I think he was quite aware of my depression. I was, so I was in my dorm room a lot. I was studying, but... I wasn't really passionate about it. I was still getting good grades, but I was just in this really bad mental slump. I would literally just go to classes and come back to my room. I didn't have a car at the time. and I didn't really know Perth very well. So I would go to classes and come back to my room and just be alone in there and just watching TV series or, you know, reading books. Like I read a lot of books. I was very, yeah. But, um, That's when I think one good thing came from my depression then uh, was, um, the book that I wrote. So I had insomnia, chronic insomnia. And one night I woke up from a dream and it was this girl, she was like at a school ball dressed up in like a gown. And there was a guy there that kind of, um, she was on a date with like to the ball, but she didn't want to be there with him. It was a really weird dream. And then he she kind of left the gym where the ball was to go read a book in the library until like her mum picked her up or whatever. And then the guy that she was kind of with like followed her and was like, What are you doing? Like, why are you so boring? Or, you know, he had to go at her. It was very strange. And like he kind of forced himself on her, like, tried to kiss her and she wasn't into it. And then this other guy came in and kind of like rescued her. It sounds like really random, like a scene from a movie. But yeah, these characters had their own like faces and like a, just, it was nothing I'd ever watched before. It was completely out of my subconscious. And the guy that saved her kind of used some kind of like special like, influence or like ability, like mental state over, over this other guy to get him to leave. Like he had some kind of superpower. It was very funny. And that was this whole, that, that dream sequence that came from my depression and like sadness. It was, I, I wrote a whole book around that dream. Um, called The Able, which is about these people with special abilities who um, are like an advanced race of humans and like living in society and carrying on their race and stuff. Like, it's kind of, it's not really too fan, it's not too, too much. I wouldn't call it fantasy, it's kind of set in the real world. And like, I wrote this amazing, well, I it's not obviously ama- amazing, amazing, but like a, a good book about this dream. So, like, I feel like there's so much that can come from your states of it can be learned or like there are so many natural ways to work through states of depression and i think a lot of them are things like artwork whether it's writing painting like i think these are all ways of purging and um yeah so i just i really appreciate i really have time for that stage of my life that i went through but moving forward um yeah that state that state of depression drew me to withdrawing from university and going back down to Esperance where I'm where I was born and that's when I like edited the 460 word document pages that i would written this book and sent it off to um publishers and agents um to which I got a lot of rejection letters and I kind of I gave up like to be honest I was so disheartened and I just got like a normal like retail job down in Esperance and just kind of Lived this quiet life for a few years before I came back to the city. And um, I wouldn't say my depression was completely gone, but it definitely eased. I um, had a friend who had a terrible motorbike accident. He broke his spine, um, broke his neck, sorry, and suffered a injury that would force him to be a quadriplegic. So I think his... Um, what he went through and like seeing that kind of pulled me out of my own depression. And I feel like he thinks I helped him during that time maybe, but I think he really helped me. I think we helped each other. Um, I was over there quite often. I come over with coffee and on the weekends and hang out and like, it was, I think it was a tough time for both of us, but we both helped each other through, through it. Um, And yeah, that was probably when my first, my first kind of, you know, I would call it like swimming up to the surface of the water when you break through and you can breathe again. Like I think that was when I first broke through without any use of um, any medication, thank God. But it definitely could have been a path for me. So that was my first kind of interaction with the state of depression. Um, And then the anxiety... um, that I first ever experienced was probably after a really bad car crash I had when I was um, 19, 18, 19. I was driving up from Esperance to Perth. Uh, it's about an eight hour drive. And I was coming around a slight bend. It said 70 kilometers an hour around the bend. and But I was doing below that. Um, I was doing the speed limit everything like I wasn't doing anything wrong but there were some road works that had been done earlier that day or week or whatever and they had laid fresh tar and put um, gravel down and they hadn't like swept off the gravel that hadn't really settled into the tar so it was loose gravel and my tires kind of hit that and then I just drifted and next thing I know I'm in between the ravine like in between the road and the bush this kind of ravine and i had to break and i flipped and i nearly hit a tree and i rolled like three times into a a canola field which is a beautiful yellow flower that we use here in australia to make oil um and yeah i think i rolled like three times and i woke up upside down the roof was like crushed into like when they turned the car over my friend's dad who was the towing the towing company in Esperance, he couldn't believe I actually survived it. It was bad. Like the roof was crushed in. Um, I was stuck upside down with the music still playing. Stuff had smashed in the car. There was glass everywhere. Um, The safety glass in the window had smashed, but it hadn't actually, um, the window hadn't actually completely buckled. Like it was just smashed glass, but it was still kind of solid. I couldn't crawl out the window. So I had to elbow the glass out while I was upside down. Uh, I could smell petrol. It was really traumatic. And I had to elbow this glass out of the window and then kind of managed to undo my seatbelt and crawled out. Um, oh, my. I'd slipped out the top of my seatbelt a little bit while I was upside down. So my head was like between the steering wheel and the speedometer. And um, I think I had a slight concussion, I had some cuts, but I was okay. And I managed to crawl out and go and went back into traffic on my phone to call for help. Um, I was in the middle of nowhere, there was nobody around. But yeah, thank God I was okay. But from that accident was my first, I think it was a trigger of a a chronic anxiety um, within my life and anxiety attacks. So from that experience, I think it caused a domino effect for things to trigger me a lot more easily. um, It first presented as driving when I was ever driving on the freeway in the city, Um, you know, obviously going a higher speed, like 100 kilometers an hour. Um, my hands would start to sweat and my heart i get heart palpitations and like i would feel like i was going to throw up like i couldn't drive over a certain speed for a while and then um just even being alone for too long with my thoughts so that was when the doctor prescribed me xanax so i didn't my gp prescribed me xanax but he said just to take it when you were having a panic attack, not consistently. Um, and I was really lucky. Like I don't really consider myself as someone with an ad- addictive personality. So, um, I didn't take it and think, Oh my God, I feel amazing. I want to take it all the time. In fact, I actually didn't even enjoy Xanax at all. I, um, found that it just dulled my brain down too much, like too much. I wasn't, I wasn't myself. I felt like I felt even more empty and blank and it really wasn't resonating with me and um that's around the time i think what helped me get off or or will help me repair my brain a little bit is trying lsd for the first time um i remember (laughs) this shaman i wouldn't call him a shaman he was this dark man and he walked around with like a wooden staff with like feathers on it like something out of a movie it was funny and he was friends with a friend of a friend and he was selling acid or lsd and i was like very i was very resilient to try it but i ended up getting a couple i think four tabs of him and i Ended up doing it one night alone in my house, and I just remember wanting to go out and climb the trees in the park opposite my house. And I was I was literally I was climbing a tree, and then I was just hanging upside down. I don't know how long I was hanging upside down for, but I felt like I felt as I was hanging upside down, something just switched in my body, and I connected with I want to say like a childlike part of me and. I just let go of so much angst, and um, I just had this kind of a I want to call it—an epiphany. It really helped, and I just wanted to hug everything and love everything, and it really helped me connect with myself, and and just let go of so many expectations, um, which I think were causing such anxiety in my life. I think I like I wanted to be somebody, I wanted to have a great career, I wanted all these things, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I was so young. I think it was nineteen twenty so i think that was my first the first time where i realized that um psychotherapy wasn't was it was a real option for helping with um real states of depression and anxiety and i definitely think that that it could have been Done more, you know, more professionally. Like now these days, people are doing these studies and you know, microdosing psilocybin, which is grown correctly. Like I don't advocate going off and getting LSD or acid to, you know, offer off a guy with dreadlocks on the side of the street like I did with a feather walking stick. Don't recommend. Um, you never know what's in it. Don't do it. Don't do it, boys and girls. But um, yeah. Fast forward to two thousand and nineteen. Um, 2018 sorry I was lucky enough to do a trip to Machu Picchu where I had a real um, amazing moment with a tribe in the Amazon I stayed in the Amazon basin and got to do ayahuasca which if you guys don't know is a plant medicine over there that is very sacred Um, It's made from the ayahuasca plant and then another, they put a root with it, which because you ingest it, you drink it. But um, the ayahuasca component that makes you experience um, the hallucinations and these otherworldly experiences is DMT, which is inside the plant obviously the plant has its own energy and spirit um, as the people call it like every different plant that you can get hallucinogenic effect has a masculine or feminine energy apparently and all these other components to it um and all the spirits of each plant are supposed to be different but this plant in but like all plants that you trip from has dmt so when you put the root of the of this plant with the ayahuasca leaf it inhibits Um, an enzyme in your stomach which stops you from tripping on the dmt because everything has dmt in it all living things we are all made up of dmt so technically you could be just tripping 24 7 if you didn't have this enzyme in your body that kind of stops you from experiencing a dmt effect so when people do smoke dmt in a vape or however they do it Um, they're overloading their body with it in one giant rush so they are able to trip for a short amount of time that's why the dmt effect works when you inhale it but to have an eight hour 10 hour like this drawn out kind of um hallucinogenic journey as they would call it um you need the 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 root to be in there and to to be able to drink it and experience the long trip so You'll have this, you have the cup of the ayahuasca drink and you can have a few cups depending on how intense you want your journey to be or how long, or sometimes the first cup doesn't do much to many people. Um, there'll be periods of purging up and up and down both, both ends, (laughs) not all the time. Um, and then each person kind of has their own unique journey, I guess. Um, some people do see some of the same things at the same time, um, but yeah, the mother, the, fem- the female energy of the plan, supposedly, um, of the ayahuasca plan guides you and shows you what you need to see. A lot of people are faced with their fears, um, with like seeing certain entities. Um, a lot of people, all the time it's done in a room with a lot of people, um, all on beds with bucket um, and you, there's, there's people there guiding you. Um, helping you if you have any trouble but then sometimes you might want to wander outside and experience um, your own personal journey or in nature or yeah whatever whatever calls to you so i was lucky enough to do that with the with the tribe in the amazon but the most life-changing i think um, and which of which my friends have said it really chilled me out and changed me forever was when i did five meo dmt which is from a toad in the desert it's not licking the toad or they call it you know hallucinating by licking this toad it's the glands of the toad so a lot of people know about it now it's quite popular joe rogan talks about it all the time um so the two glands of this toad from the sonora desert um i think it's done quite a lot in mexico yeah the sonora desert bordering mexico california i believe um is where they get this toad where you find the toad so you you take the toad and you squeeze the glands and then they usually spray it um against glass and let it dry and scrape it off and then they smoke it so the 5-meo dmt is the strongest hallucinogenic in the world and it's a rocket ship to another planet um i can't explain it any other way you are literally tr- for ten five 5 to 10 minutes transported out of your body into what i would e- what i would explain as a never-ending kaleidoscope of colors and love and forgiveness and i i really think this is a valuable tool to incorporate into your life literally even if you just do it once um or even like you do it once, and then two years later, you get cold to do it. I know it sounds really hippie, but you get cold. Like you get cold to do it again, and it, it's like refilling the soap dispenser. You know, like you know, it's you're on empty, and it's just time for a top up, just to cleanse out your soul. <laughs> it's a soap dispenser for the soul. Um, yeah, I I have a shaman friend. His name's Alan. He lives in the Perth um, bush in the city of perth australia um he is amazing he has tried so many different types of psychotherapy and psychedelics and um yeah this first i've done it twice with him now and the first time literally i i felt negative emotions negative experiences and memories when i was in this kaleidoscope of color and kind of out of my body i guess you'd call it being pulled off me i saw them like changing colors and dispersing i saw all this beautiful stuff coming out of me i mean all this all this ugly stuff coming out of me and turning into beautiful colors um meanwhile i was rolling around vomiting everywhere which um sounds horrible but actually feels amazing the purging is just amazing and i remember being so joyful when i came out of my first hit of it because you can do a few you can go in a few times you have like you smoke you smoke this one so you smoke you can smoke one on pipe and then see how you go and then try another if if, you, if need be most um shamans that are helping you through the journey <laughs> will let you go back in for a second time so i remember coming out of the first one and I was rolling around the ground, and I thought I had been getting myself off. I, I thought I was having an orgasm. It was literally the most beautiful, freeing feeling. I felt so light and alive. Um, and yeah, I remember looking, looking up and seeing through the roof of the tent. And for some reason, I I put my hands together and I was pulling. what i could see as blue blue electric electricity or light like particles from my fingertips and i was making these big balls of blue energy and i was filling them with like healing and like sending them to people i loved and throwing them through the roof of the tent it was the most beautiful experience and then i got naked and ran around naked in the bush and had a shower and washed the vomit off me and watched as plants mushrooms and flowers all grew towards me (laughs) so there's like a slightly uh, a slight residue of trippiness that lasts for a while when you come out of it um it was bloody beautiful and i have to say since that experience i remember seeing a few of my friends a couple days later and they were like you were just so much more relaxed you were just so much more You're less erratic. There was just, it felt like a load had just been taken off my shoulders. Um, I really, I really recommend, if possible, anywhere in your location that you live, try to find a psychotherapist that is open to psychedelic therapy um, i'm gonna put some links in my in the information box below with some great podcasts that are talking about it being used in the mainstream now whether it's micro dosing psilocybin in a clinical setting micro dosing um mdma even they're doing that now um, these are all you know substances that have been when you're doing them in this kind of setting vouched for made either made in the lab synthetically there um, which MDMA can be psilocybin obviously is grown through the mushrooms but um it's definitely something looking into um i highly recommend combining this kind of therapy with um brainwave therapy which is also like we have a place called the brain center in perth um there might be something similar in your in your area as well you could probably just hop on and google it but places like this really work with the idea that you can reprogram your brain um through certain exercises and simulations rather than medication being a long-term solution because a lot of the time medication is not getting to the root cause of your issue um it's treating the symptom not the cause it's you know obviously this is not health um, medical advice that medication does serve its purpose and i'm all for it but through the use of psychotherapy and therapy in general talk therapy um and also meditation and yoga i've literally transformed my mental state i think in the last 10 years from something that was quite erratic prone to anxiety depression um and just to something that's more self analytical and can kind of diagnose and repair itself i mean i'm no psychologist or a psychiatrist obviously but there's something to say about these therapies these natural therapies being used in conjunction with um you know science-based tools so that's a little bit about my psychedelic journey um i am currently looking into trying something called cambo Um, which is supposed to help you purge diseases and viruses from your body (laughs) through vomiting, which sounds terrible, but a lot of people rave about it. Um, and yeah, I'd like anyone to like hop on and slide into my DMs on Instagram. If you have anything you would like to come on and talk about your psychedelic journeys, whether they've, what they've helped you heal from, um, I'd really like to um, try HAPE as well. So if anyone's experienced anything with HAPE, um, by all means, slide me a message. I really want to be a part of this movement towards the acceptance of uh, psychedelics and psychotherapy. Um, It's becoming so much more mainstream now, ever since the legality of marijuana in America has changed and people are using you know a lot more marijuana-based products like um cbd oils and um other things that are free of the thc but give you that calming effect and i mean i know not all marijuana products are good for everybody um people seem to respond differently but we've come so far when it comes to using them to treat you know nausea for cancer patients or, um, uh, other anxieties and, um, things like epileptic fits. I I know that uh, THC, sorry, CBD has been like of great merit to people that are suffering those kind of, um, episodes and, um, yeah, people rave about it. So I really want to use this platform to share, my journey with all the psychedelics and well let's not call them psychedelics let's call them plant medicines or medicines um or alternative therapies that i combine with and also obviously analyze with science-based tools before going through with um and yeah i want to see how much i can do and how much i can heal myself and be you know we all want to be a better version of ourselves so i'm going to use this podcast to report back on what I found the most effective. Right now, obviously as the strongest um, psychedelic that I've tried, 5MEO DMT. Not normal DMT, but 5MEO is definitely on the leaderboard. Um and I love it because it's it's five to ten minutes, you're in and out, you get all this like jam packed shit healing done. It is not shit healing, like jam packed. It's jam packed with shit. It's just well I think you're unjamming your packed shit that's the whole point but you push it you just have so much healing done in such a short amount of time it's not like if you're freaking out about doing ayahuasca where you're like gone for eight hours on this journey and you know it takes away that fear from having a bad trip 5 MVO dmt it takes away that fear In a way, even though it's the most intense one, it's a shorter one. So you're in, you're out, you feel fucking amazing. I remember the last time I did it most recently, just like I was wearing skin-tight activewear but like shorts and a crop and I just remember feeling so like liberated and flexible and naked even though I was wearing clothes. I just felt like I stepped out of the tent. I I felt like I was being reborn again. It was like the best feeling in the world. Uh, Like... I highly recommend it, doing it in some like really comfortable active wear because you just want to like get out and do some roly polies or swing off a tree. You just, it's just so freeing. It brings you back to that childlike nature inside you. I remember stepping out of the tent and just being like, what are you stressed about girl? Like, everything's gonna be fine stop trying to fucking plan too far ahead be in the present moment like have a loose plan but like everything's gonna work out it's all fucking good and like no drug has ever fucking said that to me like xanax has never said it's not gonna be all good xanax has been like shut the fuck up just chill that's what if xanax could talk it would be like shut the fuck up and chill but like this drug is like welcome to the real you goodbye bullshit goodbye that negative thought that you had about yourself, you're fucking awesome. Look at you. Look at your superhuman body that can do the Mexican wave and smile and like tap dance and fucking do a backflip and and bleeds once a month but doesn't die and s- swim across a channel. Fucking you can do anything you want. And when you remove those limitations, which is what I think psychedelics really do they they remove your limiting beliefs that you have in yourself which is what you do when you work through talk therapy with a a psychologist or a a psychiatrist um i just i just want everyone to realize that their potential is so much greater than their thoughts or the limits that they put on themselves and if i can make myself feel that way then you can So thanks for tuning in to listen about my experiences with a few different psychedelics. And I would really like to hear back from you if you've had any great push breakthroughs with your own um, mental health journeys. Please uh, don't forget to leave a five-star review if you enjoyed this content. And yeah, stars wouldn't exist without you, you superstar. Thanks.